0: A few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Adam preached on what a healthy church looked like. How many were here for that sermon? And, and um, personally, I see, I think I have a couple of slides up there. Um, of TNC doing the work. There's the table at the rock. Of course, the clothes closet is ongoing. Um, I love that TNC is always working, uh, missionally minded, uh, doing the work of Jesus Christ. And as I was studying this week, I felt this nudge from God to share a scripture with you from a passage in the New Testament. And it was written to the Church of Thessalonians as an encouragement to the Church of God. In Thessalonians, uh, 1 Thessalonians, Paul, along with Silas and Timothy, wrote this letter to the church there. And I want to kind of paraphrase it tonight because I really feel that God has this message for you on this night as a church. Let me begin with the end of verse 1 and hear this church from God to you. May God's delightful grace and peace rest upon you. For we remember before our God and Father how TNC put your faith into practice, how your love motivates you to serve others, and how unrelenting is your hope-filled patience in our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters sitting in this church tonight, you are so dearly loved by God, and we know that he has chosen TNC to be his very own. For our gospel came to you not merely in the form of words, but listen to this, in mighty power infused with the Holy Spirit and conviction." And you see, this is how the neighborhood church functions, this infusion of the Holy Spirit with deep, deep conviction. So keep on doing what you're doing in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love you, God. Let us pray. Father God, we believe that Scripture was inspired by you Not only for the people of the day that it was written, but they are intended for us today. So would you open our ears to hear what truth you have for us today, and may these truths penetrate our heart, and not just our heart, but our whole body, so that we may be more transformed to be like you. Thank you, God. Amen. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, son of God, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus walked over to Peter and said, Simon, Peter, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, Tend my sheep. A third time, Jesus looked at Peter and said, Simon Peter, son of God, do you love me? I mean, son of John, do you love me? And Peter grieved because he had asked him for a third time if he loved him. And he said to to Jesus Lord you know everything you know that i love you and jesus said feed my sheep truly truly i say to you when you were young you would dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted to go but when you grow old you will stretch out your arms and another will dress you and take you to places You do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. Peter's story is my story. Peter struggled. He wanted so much to be that good, good, good disciple of Jesus, right? And he failed. I struggle and I fall. I fail at times and I look like anything but a disciple of Christ. Peter's story is your story. We all struggle and we all fail. Peter just tried so hard to put all the checks down of doing the right thing. He really, really tried. And I think his intentions were really, really good. It reminds me, on the way home from church one Sunday afternoon, the parents were driving home and with their six-year-old son in the back seat. And they noticed he was crying. And they said, son, what's wrong? And the little boy said, Well, the pastor came to our class today, and he spoke to our class, and he said, I want you to know that I pray for you, and all of the leaders pray for you, that each of you will be raised in a Christian home. And the mom and dad looked at each other and looked back at him and said, But why are you crying? And the little boy said, But I want to live with you. We try hard, don't we? And we fail. Notice that Jesus' questions to Peter was after breakfast. Jesus loved the table, right? He, he loves the neighborhood table also. But there's just something special about setting around the table. Uh, I recall several times when we were spending our time in Kenya, in Bungoma, working with the orphans, we would start about nine o'clock in the morning and work all day and finally travel back to Pastor Robert's house. We would get there anywhere from nine thirty to ten thirty at night. And we would go to his home. It was very important for him to have us eat at his home. And he didn't have a place to eat. He didn't have a normal dining room table like we have. He had a small little gathering room, which I would refer to as the living room. And he had four long couches in it in a little square and this coffee table. And we would come in there dead, tired, on our feet from a whole day's work. And we would sit there and wait by, while Teresa and the other women of the village would prepare us dinner. And they would start bringing it in and putting it on the coffee table. And we would drink the Kenyan tea, um, which has a whole bunch of sugar in it, as I recall. And we would see familiar foods like watermelon, but then we also saw very strange and different foods that we were not accustomed to. But we would sit there in the home of Pastor Robert, and we would sit at his table and share a meal with him because we were saying, we value you, you are important. You are special. And isn't it the same way today? That you spend your time having a meal with somebody that you trust and that you value. So, after after breakfast, Jesus faced Peter and asked him the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, remember that Peter was the very first person to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus chose him as the first disciple. And then he emerged as the leader of the disciples. And now Jesus is questioning him about his love. And Peter, you saw quickly, he answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Jesus was talking about sheep under the age of one-year-old. And by this, he was saying, would you take care of the little ones? Would you take care of the, the people who are just starting out as new beginner Christians? Don't forget them. And he asked him again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter replied, of course I love you. And Jesus said, Tend my sheep. Not just tend, but shepherd my sheep. This is the image that we have over and over in the Bible of Jesus being the good shepherd, taking care of his his flock, protecting them, loving them, and guiding them along the way. Jesus said to, to Peter one more time, the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? You see, Jesus wasn't through. He asked the third time, perhaps, shadowing the three times that Peter had earlier denied Jesus, knowing Jesus. And by now, Peter was getting frustrated, and he grieved that Jesus would question him about his love, his loyalty. And I'm sure he replied somewhat Loudly, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Peter had a history of failing. Remember when he was with Jesus in the garden and Jesus was arrested? And Peter was so angry and he pulled out his sword and he cut the ear off of one of the guards he he didn't he couldn't control his anger and jesus reached down picked the ear up and healed the guard do you remember the time when after jesus was arrested tortured crucified buried resurrected do you remember the time right after he was arrested that peter denied knowing jesus denied knowing his Messiah, three different times. Once by a young girl who recognized him, and twice when when the men were standing around a charcoal fire talking and saying, I think you were the one with Jesus, right? No, no, I don't I don't know him. I don't know him. And three times he did that. My failure as a disciple comes when I allow my anger to surface. And mainly, that is targeted to my family. I can, I can be really sarcastic. I know you wouldn't believe it, but I can. And I snap at Sid, and after church, you can ask him, and he'll give you numerous examples. <laughs> and right after I do that, I hear the rooster crow three times. But in this passage, we have hope for failures. Jesus welcomes back failed disciples, and he welcomes them back to worship and to work, and then he is welcoming back them back to follow me once again. Jesus knew what he was doing. He was inviting Peter into reconciliation with him. Jesus does the same for us. He invites us into worshiping with him. Come back to worship. And what does that mean? Adam explained it so well last Saturday night in his sermon. He said that we, when we worship, we are giving worth. We meet God when we come back to church, and it can deepen our relationship with God. Jesus says, come back to church and worship me. And then the next week, come back to church and worship me. And the next week, come back to church and worship me. And and once you come and start worshiping me, you will get more engaged, and you will want to worship me deeper and deeper. Jesus also invites us back to work. What does that even look like? Well, with Peter, it was kind of, what have you left behind? Remember how he told Peter to feed my lambs, shepherd my sheep, and feed my sheep. There was plenty of work for Peter to do. And Jesus says, come back to work, come back to worship, but also come back to work. And that work, that is what gives us purpose on this earth. Being a disciple to further the kingdom of God, being a disciple to be a part of God's plan for redemption for all peoples in the world. In the sixties, Sid and I used to wear our bell bottoms and we used to and have headbands. I'll show you pictures sometimes. It's really he looks really funny. But we used to say peace. It was all about peace. But shalom is so much more than peace. Shalom is riding the world the way that it was created to be. God created it, and we've broken this world. And God, through his shalom, is bringing the world back together. And lastly, Jesus told Peter, follow me again. Just as he had said, follow me when he called Peter away from fishing with his brother. You remember that? He and Andrew, his brother, were fishing. They fished for fish for a living. And Jesus called him and said, I want you to be my disciple. Follow me, and I will teach you how to fish for men. After... After experiencing the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Peter, in the earlier chapter before the scripture we're studying tonight, went back to fishing for fish. He gathered some of the disciples and said, I'm going fishing, and we don't know exactly why. I have to think it had something to do with how ashamed he was This is all after he had denied Christ. He had failed and failed as a disciple. I'm sure he was very vulnerable and full of shame, but Jesus was calling him back. Peter fell many, many times as a disciple, but it never changed his status as a son, as a disciple. You remember the story of the prodigal son in the New Testament about the elderly man who had so much wealth, and he had two sons. And the younger, younger son said, Hey, Dad, I want to take my portion of the wealth, and I want to leave the homestead, and I want to go out into the world because I know better how to run my life. And, and so the father gave him his inheritance and you know the rest of the story if you're familiar with the, the Bible that he went out and he, he spent all of his money. It was like water running through his fingers. He, he spent it uh, partying. He spent it having a good time, looking for the pleasures of this world. And before he knew it, he didn't have any money. And he didn't have any friends because he didn't have any money. And he decided after he was laying with the pigs and and working with the pigs that he would go back and ask his dad, "Can, can I just be one of your servants because they're treated better than I'm finding out in the world. And even though that dad loved that son and it grieved him so much to see him walk away from the home place, with all of his inheritance, he never lost his status as that man's son. And, and you know the conclusion of the story where the father welcomes him home, he throws a big party and, and kills the calf and brings him back into the fold. It's kind of like our sons and daughters, they're going to disappoint us. They're going to fail as being really good human beings, but you know what? They don't lose their status as a son or a daughter. In this way, Peter, Peter did not lose his status as Jesus' disciple. And God used him in such a mighty way. Jesus gave him the the message to preach at Pentecost. And remember that story where everybody heard that same message in their, in their own tongue, in their own language. Earlier, we read 1 Thessalonians about the infusion of the Holy Spirit and conviction. I just love that imagery. Look beyond this passage to where Peter went on to receive the Holy Spirit. He was chosen by God to become the head of the church, leading and organizing, and to his death, proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ. In the last part of the scripture for tonight's message, we read verse 18, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young... You would dress yourself and walk to places you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your arms. Another will dress you and take you to places that you do not want to go. Jesus was referring to Peter's own death, at which he refused to be crucified as Jesus was. He was martyred. This he said that to show the kind of death that would glorify God. He glorified God with his own death. And after saying this to him, Jesus looked at him and simply said, Come on, Peter, come back. Come back to me. Get behind me and follow me. Learn my rhythms again. Remind yourself of what it is to be one of my disciples, be transformed into my likeness. This is our story. We try so hard to be all that we can be as disciples, and yet we have failed and we're going to fail. We have vented anger that comes roaring out. We cheat on our taxes. We have evil thoughts, and there is Jesus in front of us with his hands open wide, inviting us back in, inviting us back to worship, back to work, come, get behind me and follow me. Tonight, we have kind of focused on Peter as the failed disciple, and he's kind of gotten a lot of our attention, which is really good. But he is by no way the hero of this story. For every story in the Bible, God is the hero. And every story points back to God's love, mercy, and grace. There's a scripture that makes it really, really clear 1 John 1, 8, and 9. And I want to read this to you out of the Passion Translation. If we boast that we have no sins, we're only fooling ourselves and are strangers to the truth. But if we freely admit our sins, listen to this, when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ. And he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can Jesus use failed disciples? He always has. At what point does he just give up on us? Never. He is a God of second and third and fourth chances He's a good daddy. He didn't send Peter on a guilt trip. Rather, he said, Peter, in your intimacy with me, I will transform you. Peter fell many times, and always Jesus was there calling him back. Come back to worship. Come back to work. Come back and follow me. I wonder how that message resonates with you tonight. I wonder how many of us are feeling vulnerable and embarrassed and feeling like we have let Jesus down because of our behavior, because of something we said, because of something we didn't say. I wonder, as we look at our own lives and evaluate our own lives, what is it that's holding you back from Jesus again? If if you could take anything out of this message, I would pray that it would be that you see Jesus in front of you with his hands open wide inviting you back as a failed disciple saying, With intimacy with me, I will transform you. I will make your name new. I will give you new life. Come back. Come. Worship me. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we confess that we are all failed disciples, just like Peter But, Father, we find hope in this scripture, the way that you invited and welcomed Peter back into your fellowship, Father. For many of us, we need that tonight. We need a fresh start. We need newness that only you can give. So, Father, open our eyes to see your invitation back to a life with Christ. Amen.